His name is Thingle. And you better bet he's ready to mingle. It's question time. Hi everyone, Sam here. Before today's episode, I just wanted to give a long overdue shout out to our fans of the podcast so far. Raleigh and I have been overwhelmed by the reception we've seen and we're excited to continue the journey with you. And in particular, we'd like to thank Kathleen Martin, who is the illustrator for our podcast art. Kathleen sent that piece of art to Raleigh and I unsolicited. It shows me guiding Raleigh up these metaphorical mountains of Tolkien information. And while I like to think of it more like we're both struggling up the mountains together, that really was a, a touching thing to do. Great thanks to Kathleen Martin. That's that's Kathleen with a K. Kathleen Illustrated on Instagram, and she's got all kinds of good art. You should really check her out. Without further ado, let's crack into this week's chapter, Raleigh, of Thingle and Melian. What happened last week, and what are we dealing with this time? Uh, yeah, so last week we had chapter three of the coming of the elves and the captivity of Melkor. We finally had the elves introduced, but before that happened, the Valor captured Melkor to allow the elves to be introduced into the world in a peaceful manner rather than um, the corrupted world that Melkor wanted us to all be living in. This week we have chapter four of Thingol and Melian. So this week we're sort of building off that theme, now diving into a certain elf by the name of Thingol and his bride Melian. As you can tell by the title, it's focused on, on these two characters. So Melian is the most beautiful and wise being in Lorien, Lorien being in Valinor. She is also a song enchantress, and as a Maya, she teaches nightingales her songs. So she's teaching these birds all the beautiful songs that she knows. And as a powerful Maya, when the elves awake, she brings her birds into Middle-earth so she and the birds can fill the silence of Middle-earth before the dawn. So she wants the elves to not live in this darkness that Melkor has brought upon the world. So after the elves are awoken, Elway, Lord of the Tellery, as you remember, the Tellery are our Ron Weasleys in the Harry Potter analogy. But Elway hears the songs of the nightingales and happens upon Melian where he is entranced by her songs and her beauty. So he falls immediately in love with her and upon grabbing her hand is frozen by a spell for many long years. With Elway now frozen, the Tellery, who are unable to find them, anoint his brother Olway, the king. So now Elway and Melian don't go to Valinor themselves where we'll find out that the Tellery actually do visit Valinor. But Elway and Melian create a lineage of Sindar or Grey Elves that are part Maiar. This is where the chapter ends, but we can kind of expect that these Elway and Melian lineage will have a huge impact on Middle-earth, given that they specifically are called out in their own chapter here. While it's a short chapter and it's really highly focused, I think you're right to think that there's a reason that the Tolkien's are setting us up here. 
I like to picture that moment when Elway, he's, again, these elves have recently awakened. They're exploring Middle-earth for the first time. And he's, as far as he knows, he's headed west to Valinor. He's actually one of only three elves who's actually already been there. Oh, right. right? He was part of that first kind of recruitment drive that Orome had, where he took three elves for a sneak peek. He got the sneak peek, and he's headed back there with all of his buddies. But he gets so distracted by Melian dancing and singing with the nightingales that he can't leave her. And basically they get married and he stays there forever with a big group of the Tellery who become these gray elves. And they're the gray elves because they're kind of this middle group between the high elves or the light elves that are going to get to Valinor and see the light of the trees. There's the dark elves who really only like the starlight and they never bothered to leave. And then the gray elves are this kind of middle group where their leader, Elway, who's now become Thingol, Thingol has seen the light of the trees and he's married to Amaya. So they've got some kind of powerfulness going on there. But all of the other elves that are with them have not seen the two trees. So they're kind of this in-between space. And that's why they're the Sindar or the gray elves. There are a couple other things that are going on with this relationship that are worth mentioning. One being that this is sort of the first Middle-earth power couple that we're going to see. Okay. Right, we've got Thingol, one of the premier three elves in this time, and we've got a Maya, so a demigod. And remember the other Maya we know of, wizards are Maya, the Balrogs are Maya. So these are pretty powerful beings, and this is straight up the only relationship between a Maya and a elf or man that's ever going to happen in the Lord of the Rings universe. So it's a very special relationship from that standpoint. So on the pick- uh, Maya and elf point, this is the equivalent of Galadriel and Gandalf. Yeah, I think so. I guess the Hobbit movies try and make a thing about that. <laughs> yeah, they do. This is a similar thing where it's a very high, powerful elf and a spirit that existed before the world and has now chosen to take shape as a person that kind of looks like an elf. So it is kind of like a Gladrill and Gandalf would be a, an equivalent relationship, although, of course, that is a strictly cinematic relationship rather than one that exists in the texts. Sure. But perhaps another homage, whether knowingly or not, that the movie makers are trying to make to this kind of deep story from the Tolkien cosmos way back in the beginning. Let, let's think about it that way. I'm trying to give The Hobbit every uh, benefit of the doubt we can. <laughs> I like to picture this moment where Thingol is struck by Melian in the woods and he touches her and they freeze for an undetermined period of time. It's it's another sort of cinematic moment, you know, in like a romantic comedy or something where there's like a meet cute, time seems to freeze and the camera like pans around them in a circle. (laughs) It's like that, but for a really, really, really long time. And then the other elves can't find him. Olway leads some of them away and the others stay with him. The other reason that these guys are really important, and it's worth an early chapter of Thingol and Melian, is that from this only divine to elven relationship that ever is going to happen, the descendants of this union are going to be incredibly important for the Silmarillion, for the Lord of the Rings, and of course, therefore, for you and me, Raleigh. Let me list off here a couple of the descendants of this relationship. 
Okay. So the daughter of Thingol and Melian is going to be Luthien, who we haven't met yet, but just keep that one in mind. She's going to be our main heroine of this story. Okay. So Luthien, Elrond, Erendil, Elendil, Isildur, Aragorn. These are all going to be children of this set. Okay, well, that makes the chapter even more significant then. And what I like about that is it makes us think about those characters a little bit differently. So obviously Aragorn, we know Isildur is the one who cuts the ring from Sauron's hand very dramatically and then gets tempted by the ring and doesn't destroy it when Elrond tells him to. And Elrond, of course, another descendant of Thingol and Melian. So we see there, one, that there's some kind of familiar linkage between Elrond and Isildur and Aragorn, which you might not have known about before. But also, all of that goes back to, in their family line, they have Melian, who again is not an elf or a man, but a Maya spirit, who has this otherworldly power that is only ever going to be passed on to her family through Luthien first and then down through family tree chaos. So so the, the kings of Gondor that Aragorn is a descendant of, they actually are better men than the average man. It's not just some sort of like royal, like you're born as a royal, so therefore you're a, a part god. No, they actually are part gods. You're right, and I hadn't thought about that. There is a little bit, obviously there's hundreds of generations separating right, them. Right. So if we're talking about Thingol and Melian's daughter Luthien is going to be half Maiar. Her children are going to be quarter, eighth, sixteenth, thirty-two. You know, it's like it's going to be a tiny fraction. But yeah, just something to keep in mind when somebody like Elrond or Aragorn does something otherworldly. You can kind of think maybe that's Melian playing in there a little bit. So that's why I think they've focused here the Tolkien's on Thingol and Melian because this is going to really kick off the family tree that is going to dominate most of the men of Gondor as well as many many elves that we're going to follow in the Silmarillion yeah Yeah, it's quite the lineage they have there I also found Raleigh that Thingol shows up in the Fellowship of the Ring oh really? which I was a bit surprised about myself, but I was doing research for this chapter and I found this part in the Fellowship of the Ring. So we're pretty early in our Frodo and Sam story. It's actually the part where Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin are hanging out with Aragorn and they're trying to get to Weathertop and then they're trying to get to Rivendell and they're being chased by the Black Riders. They're just kind of like bored and scared and they don't quite understand who Aragorn is and they don't know anything about Middle-earth really at this point. And Sam says, can you tell us some tales of the old days, a tale about the elves before the fading time? I would dearly like to hear more about the elves. He's really thirsty for that elf (laughs) elf tale. And Strider, Aragorn, he gives them a long poem, which I'm not going to read to save your ears. In the movie, the Fellowship of the Ring film in the extended edition, there's a scene like this. You remember Aragorn's kind of off by himself and he's singing in Elvish. Right, after taking down the stag. Exactly, and Frodo asks him about it and he says it's about Baron and Luthien. So he, it's that song that he sings. And afterwards he explains a little bit about it. And, and that part includes Luthien was the daughter of Thingol, 
a king of elves upon Middle-earth when the world was young, and she was the fairest maiden that has ever been among the children of the world. So there we have snuck in by Tolkien a Thingol and Luthien reference that makes the reading of The Lord of the Rings a little deeper if you know who those people are now, even though it's a bit of a throwaway. Interesting. Yeah. I had not heard the name Thingol, but it looks like I should have been uh, reading a little more closely to The Lord of the Rings. Maybe, maybe if you read in the future, for people who are reading Lord of the Rings or will read Lord of the Rings, they'll kind of now know who we're talking about there. That phrase I just read about Luthien being the, the fairest maiden that has ever been among all the children of the world, that is almost directly repeated in the last line of our Thingol and Melian chapter here in the Silmarillion. And of the love of Thingol and Melian, there came into the world the fairest of all the children of Ilúvatar that was or ever shall be. Talk about foreshadowing about important characters. It's a real keep an eye out for Luthien because she's getting a shout out as the fairest of the children of Luvatar of all, both in the Silmarillion and the Fellowship of the Ring. She gets that shout out. All right, bring on Luthien. Raleigh and I were trying to keep it short for this week because we have a short chapter, a short episode, and we want to keep things rolling. So Raleigh, tell us where we're headed next. Uh, yeah, so next week we have chapter five, and here we get to see the elves in Valinor and what happens to these Teleri now that they lost their original king. We're also in line for a bit of a character dump. So bust out those family trees, otherwise you'll get as lost as I have been. All of this and more in the next installment of Quinya Questions and Quarantine.